Episode 271, March 9th, 2017. This week's show opens up with some information about an all-new crate engine that you're going to want for your Jeep. And we'll find out why the Jeep pickup we've all been waiting for has been delayed again. We've got a great review to share with you guys. We'll hear your voicemails and even talk a little about overlanding. Tammy's got some tips to get your soft top ready for spring, and she's going to review the RAM mount system for mounting cameras and more while on the trail. I've got a mailing question for Tech Talk, and we'll go in-depth about aftermarket fender options. It's all happening on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Podcasting since 2010. Are you ready? It's the G Talk Show. Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And worry. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Is that French fries I smell, or are you just happy to see the trail? So I've been getting asked a lot in the last couple of years, you seem to know a lot about damn Jeep stuff. When can I get some of them dark diesels in my Jeep? Well, until now, you had hardly any options at all outside of a complete one-off fabrication. If you were to buy the motor and have a shop do it, well, let's just say the price tag eliminates about 99% of us ever getting past the planning stage. So unless you're independently wealthy or a long-lost uncle just bequeathed upon you a small fortune, well, a diesel swap for the average Joe is just a pipe dream. The fact of the matter is it's hard to beat the power and, more importantly, the torque of a diesel engine off-road. They've got gobs of grunt down low, great fuel economy, and, well, they sound cool, too. So, being the gearhead that I am, I've always had my diesel radar on when it comes to realistic, affordable swap options Well, for the rest of us Jeepers. Enter Cummins Diesel Engines and their brand new Repower Program, which brings to us the very first Cummins Crate Engine ever. That's right, I said Crate Engine. I introduce to you the Cummins 2.8-liter turbo diesel. The first Cummins Repower Engine offer. That's right, I said first. That is in there will be more in later years. It will be the R2.8 turbo diesel, including all the other major components to ease the installation process, as well as the necessary documentation to make it 50 state emissions compliant. The turbocharged 2.8-liter four-cylinder engine is based on a global platform, which is currently used in small pickups, chassis cabs, SUVs, vans, commercial vehicles, and industrial equipment all around the world. The proven platform is a lightweight, electronically controlled, high-pressure, common rail, compact package ideal for most small pickup and SUV applications. Now, the kit will include major components necessary for the engine operation to help ensure that the even the Shade Tree novice has most everything they need to make their Cummins Repower installation as painless as possible. Well, as to when this will become available or how much they're going to cost, well, it's something that hasn't quite been etched in stone yet. There's a lot of things to work out. First, namely, how to appease the Nazis over the EPA who say our Jeeps have to perform like that of a Prius nowadays. Cummins has said that they will only launch sales once they can provide customers clear guidance as to which vehicle vintage and weight class the certifications will cover. Cummins Repower's most important objective is to offer enjoyable, reliable, and compliant engines to help your rig stay on the road and the trail for years to come and eliminate the confusion at the licensed branch and smog referee. So to stay abreast of all this, be sure to subscribe to the Jeep Talk Show and head over to the Cummins.com website. Be sure to check, them bo- check us both out on Facebook. We'll see you guys there. Well, there's more delays surrounding the Jeep pickup. You guys have heard me tease and report on the long-awaited Jeep pickup for years now. Unfortunately, the heavily anticipated Jeep will be delayed another year, now until late 2019. 
Originally slated to debut in 2018, Jeephead Mike Manley, who's now on my S list, has stated that he will be cap- the, the pickup will not begin production until late 2019. Now, it's unclear exactly why the Jeep has been de- decided to be postponed. The the Wrangler-based pickup is well been on everybody's radar for quite some time now. I'm guessing Mike is just screwing with a certain popular Jeep-related podcast, making the host say and report on things, and then laughing maniacally behind his large desk as he rebukes the announcements for just the sake of watching us squirm. But it's way more likely that it's due to the recent debut of the all-new Compass, as well as the current Grand Wagoneer project. Jeep is currently sifting through the beloved model names like Comanche, Gladiator, and Willie's Jeep Truck to find the perfect name. But the concept was first introduced to us back in 2005 makes us believe the Gladiator may be the name they go with. Historically speaking, they've regurgitated just about every other retired name badge, so why not try the Comanche? Well, we likely won't see that, though, because there's just too many damn snowflakes out there nowadays that would fabricate a reason to find it offensive. The Jeep pickup will most likely undergo production in the FCA Toledo, Ohio plant since the Wrangler is built there, and FCA plans to move the Cherokee, currently built in Toledo, to the FCA's Belvedere assembly plant to free up space in Toledo. What for? Well, let's hope it's for a pickup and not another subcompact. One of they say big thanks to all of you guys out there who continue to help us out by submitting stories to This Week in Jeep. You got something that you think we should be reporting on or you got a response to any one of our stories, well, by all means, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. So I can't quite remember. I know we talked about it, or you mentioned it in a, uh, a past uh, This Week in Jeep, but uh, mm-hmm. they were making a Renegade pickup uh, with a canvas top. Was that a was that a actual one that, they were coming no, out with? No, that wasn't or? production. That was just concept. They've actually um, just released here in the last couple of weeks as well a Grand Cherokee SRT pickup concept. Okay. Um, which people are just going absolutely bonkers over. Right. Uh, but it looks it looks way too much like a Chevy Avalanche than it does a Grand Cherokee. <laughs> yeah, so well, it would. It, it? It's <laughs> yeah. It's just the the lines don't work, and it, it's I don't know the Renegade pickup. That was I think some creative photoshopping. Um, but I mean, any any case, if you've got creative body skills and you're handy with a sawzall, you can pretty much do anything. Sure. You know, I was just gonna I was just gonna say if they can make a uh, a, uh, a Renegade pickup, damn it, they ought to be able to make one out of a TJ or <laughs> yeah. a JK. <laughs> well, this will this will be a production pickup, so this is going to be a mass produced vehicle. Now right. they they are not planning on doing this lightly. This is going to go into full production. So unlike the concepts that we've seen in years past, and remember. We haven't really seen anything other than the 2005 concept and a couple of sneak peek, uh, sneak peeks with uh, you know all those drapes that are hanging over it as they as they kind of figure figure out the and work out the bugs and stuff. So what this thing is actually going to look like is still sort of up in the air, but we got a pretty good idea, and uh, well, it's just unfortunate we have to wait another year now. Hey, let me ask you this: What's I know I'm probably going to get grief for <laughs> no, this, not at all. but what do you got? well, of course. <laughs> what What's the big deal about a pickup? And turning a Jeep into a pickup. Well, so it, it's it's really the best of both worlds. You you get a incredible four wheel drive system, which isn't available on any pickup currently no. under fabrication. Um, you also get Jeep's legendary name brand and capabilities, and you get the right. ability to throw in stuff like you know whatever you would throw into a pickup bed, gravel. You can't do that in a Wrangler. Uh, a load of bark dust, uh, you know, what have you. You know, want to tow a, a, a dirt bike? Well, you'd have to hook up a trailer to your Wrangler. Right. This, you could actually throw it in the back. So, I mean, it just opens up a ton of op- of options for the kinds of people who buy Jeeps. You know, the outdoor enthusiasts, the the sportsmen, that sort of stuff. Uh, it just, it, it kind of opens the door for, for a competitive platform that hasn't been filled since the 90s. So, that sounds all pretty and makes uh, perfect logical sense, Josh. But I can tell you the real reason, Tammy. 
It's so okay. whenever whenever they first come out and you go down there and sign the paperwork and, and pay an exorbitant amount of money uh, making those monthly payments and you pull up in your buddy's yard with it uh, and you go, and then the guy goes, what the hell is that thing? My yeah. God, what do you, I got to get me one of those, you know? So that's, that's the main reason. And I think uh, everybody can agree with me here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think also a degree of it might be partially due to the success of the AEV's Brute Mod kit that they had, which oh, yeah. was able to turn a JKU into a pickup with just a kit. Now, it it was more or less. Now, this is actually production. It's going to have a real bed behind it. This was kind of a, a faux kit that did what sealed up the cab and gave you, for all intents and purposes, a Jeep pickup, but it was a modification. This is going to be production. Yeah, you can just buy it this way. It's like getting a Rubicon, you know, that has all the, the lockers and everything already in there. Well, yeah, instead I, of having to do it yourself. I think that AEV Brute Kit was like somewhere between eight and twelve thousand dollars, not including the time and labor to put it in. So. Oh, it was very expensive. It was cool, yeah. but it wasn't as simple as just saying, "I'll, I'll take that here. I'll sign this right. paperwork." <laughs> yeah, not unless you got a big checkbook. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, uh, but very cool. Uh, I actually had a Twitter conversation with uh, with those folks. Uh, a couple of years ago, I believe, and uh, uh, of course, the nice thing is, is that, uh, and I believe this is true, you can uh, put a brute kit on a TJ, which you you are not going to be able to have a, a, a TJ truck otherwise, because obviously, yeah, really. otherwise, Jeep. I mean, obviously, Jeep is not going to start making TJs again, no matter how badly we would want them to. Anyway, very interesting and really cool. I love seeing uh, things from Jeep that uh, look Jeepy. <laughs> that, yeah, indeed. You know, that, that doesn't look like a, cons- a standard consumer vehicle. I mean, you know, like uh, something that stands out. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. All right. Well, we continue this week with our Jeep axles on Wrangler Extreme. Uh, this week, the juggernaut of axles. The Dana 60. Now, I, I know there's probably other ones out there that are badder and everything else, but everybody always hears about the Dana 60, and you got to shave the bottom because the pumpkin's so big, and you need that extra clearance, and, and damn it, they're just huge, and they come on full-size trucks, and they're cool. So anyway, let's hear uh, from Nate about uh, the Dana 60s. Hey Jeepers, it's Nate with another edition of Wrangler Extreme. Tonight, I'm going to talk about one of those coveted axles, the Dana 60. So you'll never you're never going to find a Dana 60 under a uh, production Jeep. So you you're either going to have to go out and buy one or you're going to have to find one in a junkyard somewhere or you know maybe you've got an old pickup truck sitting in your backyard rusting away that's that's got one sitting underneath it. But uh these things will handle just about any abuse you can throw at them. So their strengths. The, these are a 1-ton axle, so that means you're going to have a hard time uh, putting enough power out of your Jeep unless you've swapped in something huge to, uh, to, to, to break a shaft in one of these things. Uh, they're very beefy. They're, they're built to take abuse. These things are built for full-size pickups. They're built for full-size vans, you know, that are pulling, you know, huge amounts of, uh, of weight. There's a full float or a semi float available. So you may want to look for a full float axle if you're, if you're chopping through junkyards. Weaknesses. So this is a full width axle. Unfortunately, in the junkyard, you're just not going to find a Dana 60 that'll bolt right underneath your Jeep without any other modifications. Uh, I mean, obviously, spring purchase and whatnot with any axle, but uh, you're either going to have to shorten this axle or you're going to have to deal with it as a full width axle. That or you can go aftermarket and get a, a pre-built Dana 60 that's already the proper width from your for your Jeep. 
These things are really heavy. Uh, they're, from what I'm reading, they're anywhere from 400 to 500 pounds, depending on how they're built, whether they're, you know, a steering axle or not. Support, uh, they're pretty popular axles. I'm going to say that aftermarket support for these things is pretty vast. So you're really not going to have to worry about, you know, can I find the proper gear ratio for this thing? Or am I going to be able to find the sort of axle that I want? There's a lot of aftermarket off-road specific support. Splines is going to depend on the application that you pulled the Dana 60 out of. Uh, I'm reading they go up to like 35 splines on the shafts. They came in several one-ton pickups, uh, Chevy vans, um, Dodge vans, I mean, Dodge pickups, I should say. Uh, they're, they're really all over the place, and I don't have enough time to go into every place you're going to find these things in the junkyard. What you're going to have to look into is what vehicles came with a Dana 60 spec in the way that's closest to what you're going to want for your Jeep. You know, full float versus semi-float, uh, disc brakes versus drum, gear ratios, whatnot. It's really going to vary depending on what you're building. Are these things worth upgrading? I mean, just like any other axle that you're swapping under your Jeep, of course they are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be swapping them in. And for max tire size, I'm just going to go ahead and say 44-inch tires because these things are so beefy and with a small amount of work, you know, stronger shafts, maybe some bracing and whatnot, they're just they're going to hold up to just about anything that your Jeep can dish out. All right, I hope you've, en you've enjoyed this segment, some information about a pretty beefy axle, the Dana 60. If you want to chat more or if you want to call me out on some mistakes that I've made or <laughs> just chat me up, uh, find me over on the Jeep Talk forums. Thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, we love that, that uh, people, you, you people are jumping in and uh, giving us uh, new information or correcting things. I think more often than not, Nate corrects himself. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, go you ahead, don't Tanya. have to just gonna... find this stuff in the junkyard, do you? You can buy this stuff new, right? Yeah, I mean, if you want to buy a off-the-shelf, you know, aftermarket axle like a Rockwell or, you know, something like that or a G2 that has the strength of a Dana 60, I mean, you're going to be into it 2500 3500 bucks oh. or more. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, was mean, thinking especially... that, I was thinking that was those 10 grand axles that some of the... The JK, so, well, no, JK then you, you get into you get Holy into like cats. you know I mean you know uh, portal axles and you know, you know the stuff like that uh, that that gets you into those ten grand axles and and at that point you're running like fifty twos or bigger I mean it's just yeah. ridiculous now I mean the Dana sixties yeah he's right there is a ton of aftermarket support on him and there is a bunch of versions of them as well um, and one of the things he he mentioned a couple times is the difference between semi floating and a full floating axle and and whatnot now. Which models and years, you know, are, are going to have which ones? I mean, that's going to be up for some research and and debate and whatnot. But you really you want to go with the full floating, and the reason why versus like a semi float or a non floating axle is because a full float full floating axle is has more bearing contact on the axle shaft itself, uh -huh. and so there really essentially is no shear force on the axle except for torque forces. Whereas a semi floating axle is going to have shear forces on it. Um, while while it's under turning, or you know, there, there's it's there, there's it's not as it's none of the weight is supported as well as it is in a full floating axle. So um, the, he mentioned that stuff a couple of times. So I just wanted to kind of point out the differences between a semi float and a full float axle, just so you guys, if you're out there looking for axles, um, what you're going to be looking for and stuff. So do some research as far as what you're going to find, you know, off of what kind of vehicle and stuff, and and uh, there's a ton of a ton of information out there for that. Now, I know I ask you this every time, Josh. I can't remember because 
it, in my mind, I don't think I'll ever go with something that big of an axle on my daily driver. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this isn't something you put on a daily driver no. for sure. So, Oh, I stu- want to. Oh, I know. A, <laughs> it would be fun. A steerable Dana 60 equivalent. Is that the Dana 70? No, there's a Dana 60 steerable. Okay. Yeah. So you, there, could, there, so, uh, you guys uh, are typically familiar with a, a Dana axle having a different number front and rear. Well, uh, Dana 44, they have a steerable Dana 44 right. and, a, and, a, and a rear you know, Dana 4. Same thing with the Dana 60. There's a steerable Dana 60 and a regular Dana 60. And there's different versions of both of these as well. So um, as far as you know, how the knuckles are, are, are fabricated and, and, and all that, and, and there is a ton of aftermarket for these and modification kits and stuff. But look, guys, unless you are seriously geared up for fabrication, a Dana 60 install is not something you're going to be able to do with basic hand tools. Um, there is a lot that goes into this. It is a custom fabrication. I mean, the whole thing's got to be shaved. All new brackets and, and linkage yeah. and everything's got to go on it. It's just, it's a huge project. I, Josh, you're usually right about things, but I recently saw a Mythbusters that had to do oh with, uh, <laughs> had to do with the miracles of duct tape. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with enough duct tape and <laughs> self-tapping screws and zip ties, we can put no, a Dana no, 60 No, no screws, just, just duct tape. <laughs> they lifted a 5,000-pound car with duct tape. Uh, wow! And the other crew made a cannon, uh, an entire ballistic cannon. Out oh, of duct tape. I saw that one. <laughs> I saw that. I, yeah, you, you said duct tape cannon, and it started ringing bells. Yeah, yeah I, so I've seen that one. That's, don't tell yeah. me you can't you can't <laughs> attach a Dana sixty to anything with hand tools because I'm telling you, yeah. tape is about as handy as you can possible. get. Possible, <laughs> is possible. <laughs> it's only good for one outing, though. If that. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Yes, you are listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. If you would like to learn more about what the network is and what you can find there, well, just visit 4x4radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com, all one word. And learn about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and, of course, the Trail Chasers podcast as well. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar uh, with these little uh, Bluetooth devices. Uh, like, there's only it's like a uh, an earpiece, but instead of it being stereo for music, it's only like one. It costs like seventeen dollars. It sticks in your ear, and you can listen to podcasts at work, and you still have the other ear open, so you know how to change the screen when the boss walks up. So I've been listening to podcasts like all day long. And I'm actually getting caught up with all the trail, ca- trail chasers, the 4x4 podcast, and the Center Steer podcast. I was woefully behind because just listening to it, traveling back and forth to work. So I uh, went over to Amazon, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, if you want to buy something online uh, and remember us, just get a little, little something something from it. And uh, I'll actually have to put that little earpiece up on uh, in the show notes. $17. It is amazing. I mean... Uh, it, it fits and right you, in your ear. It, you don't have to charge it after every podcast? Uh, no, it, uh, you need to charge it about every five and a half hours. That's a huh. lot of podcasts, if, uh, depending on yeah. which one you're listening to. Yeah, really. So, anyway, like two it, shows, the Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, I think it goes longer than five hours, to be honest with you. Uh, and it's really cool. This real snooty little uh, woman's voice says, battery low. You know, like, like she's judging you because you didn't put the lid down on the toilet or something. How dare you? <laughs> So, and she won't shut up either. She just nags and nags until you charge the damn thing. 
But I digress. Hey, did you know there's a, now even more Jeep Talk show to love? It's called the Jeep Talk Call-In Show. Tammy and I, uh, I think this was yours, Josh, that we had to color a different color because you haven't been out because it says Tammy oh, and Tony. Okay. I should just read it the way it is. Tammy and Tony, people go, who's, <laughs> who's that guy then? Isn't he Tony? <laughs> Tammy and Tony take your calls live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time. Yep, you can call in while listening live to the show. Join us every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time at jeeptalkshow.com. The chat room may or may not be working. Don't forget to download uh, this extra content each week or subscribe and never miss an episode. Hey, and I'd like to give a big shout out. We've been having some guests um, call in on the Jeep Talk call-in show. And I just want to give a big shout out and thanks to Mike with TPT Fab Spec. He's on episode 26. Brian with Route 61. He's on episode 28. And Joe with Under the Sun inserts on episode 29. They're great Jeepers sharing their Jeep business ventures with us. We really should go check them out. Oh, you like Joe because he gave you something. Something purple. Change, <laughs> well, yeah, change, changes well, are coming. This is getting out of hand. I know. Hey, you guys changes are on Facebook, right? Sure. <laughs> Everyone's on Facebook. Yeah. Well, now you can post a Facebook live video telling Tony, myself, and Tammy why you guys must have, why you cannot live without a jammock for your Jeep. If you don't know what a jammock is, well, make sure you go check it out. Be sure and put at Jeep Talk Show in the comments of your video so they'll see it and like the Jeep Talk Show Facebook page as well. Just head over to facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show for all the information. You know, that reminds me, I've, uh, I've got our only Facebook Live video entry available for you guys tonight. And this is a, an imperative because the only entry we have is from Nate. Nobody wants Nate to, to win all the right. jammock. Call to action, people. <laughs> break, out those, break out those selfie cameras. We got to start filming. Here you go. You'll see why we don't want Nate to, to have uh, this to add to his pile of Jeep parts. Here we go. Hey, Tammy, Tony, and Josh. It's Nate. But you probably knew that, judging from the name like right up there above this video. Um, I noticed that you guys have this Jamok competition going on. Ham-hawk. And, uh, well, <laughs> I noticed that no one's actually submitted an entry yet. So I thought I'd give it a shot. At the very least, maybe it'll get some people interested, right? Now they've got some competition. So uh, here I am sitting in my basement on the hood of my Jeep that I just pulled in here because uh, I'm doing some winter maintenance. Tony, do you even know what winter maintenance is? I bet you ah. don't, living down there in Texas. <laughs> so, um, right, here I am. I pulled it in tonight because tomorrow's Saturday and I'm going to work on it. And, uh, well, I figured I'd let it warm up first because today it was like 20 degrees this morning when I went to work. It's supposed to warm up this weekend, though, so that should be good. So, anyway, uh, the question I'm supposed to be answering here is, what would I do with a jamok? Or why do I need a jamok? Um, anyone who doesn't know what a jamok is... It's this cool hammock that rides in the Jeep or goes on the roll cage of the Jeep. Um, I've already got a spiderweb shade on my roll cage, so I don't know what I would do with the jamok. But um, I can tell you this. It's hard to say this. I've got a problem. <laughs> oh, geez. You see, I'm a Jeepaholic. It's hard to say that, but I'm a Jeepaholic. And I've learned over the years, um, after the support group that I was a member of, Jeepaholics Anonymous, that uh, the only way to truly treat Jeepaholism is to amass a pile of Jeep parts. And as you can see, here in my garage, I'm well on Look my way. Look at the tires. There must be quite four the sets of tires. Of Jeep parts. I mean, really, <laughs> who needs this many tires? <laughs> Nobody needs this many tires. I, I've got a 
a YJ dash plate there. Behind that, you can see, it's a gas tank. There's a frame, a dash pad way back there. Yeah. Obviously, I've got a problem. But again, as I said, the only way to solve this is to amass more Jeep parts. What would I do with a Jamuk? I don't know. I mean, maybe I'd put it on my roll cage and actually enjoy it. Um, or maybe I would hang it from these floor joists and hang some tires from it. I don't know. But anyway, there you go. I uh, hope uh, my submission gets you more submissions. Thanks. Now, see, personally, I think that's uh, disrespectful to the Jamek. <laughs> For no other reason. That's why you don't want Nate uh, winning this. But he's going to, damn it, if you don't enter. So, just like Josh was saying, all you got to do is pick up your little smartphone, press that little Facebook Live button, and record a video telling us why you absolutely must have a Jeep Jamek. Or if you, I don't care, you can call it a Jamok or a Hamhawk or whatever it was that Nate was calling it. <laughs> I love different That's areas okay. of the country. <laughs> you know, it's uh, us rednecks over here on the on the West Coast. You know, we, we it's a hammock. I C K. That's right, hammock, hammock. Oh, uh, but it's really a cool product. I've got one uh, here for my wife's uh, TJ. Uh, so uh, it is very, very well constructed. So, and uh, own and veteran owned company. So you need to uh, go over there, check it out, jamic.com, and you need to uh, enter a giveaway because it's going to be ending soon. What was it, Tammy? The uh, we're, we're going through the end of March? Um, I think that's what we decided. But you actually said we're going to go until we get at least one more video because you didn't want Nate to win. Just, they're the winner instantly. No, that's not how it's right. going to work, guys. Go to the end of the March. Make sure you get those videos in. If you are on Facebook, if you are an iTunes subscriber, if you are listening to us at all, well, you guys know what you need to do. Just log in your Facebook account. Make sure you hit that Facebook Live and get that video submitted in right away and you have your chance to win one of those Jamics. And, of course, well, we want to go ahead and beat Nate out of that. Uh, so let's get those submissions in, guys. <laughs> and then, hey, Nate, much love, guy. guy thanks for, uh, for sending that in, in that video. Yeah, very good. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, folks, Wrangler topless weather is almost upon us. Well, for me, I thought so anyways. It looks like old man winter just isn't done with us yet. Snow's expected here on Monday and Tuesday. So maybe I jumped the gun a little with this topic, but you know, it doesn't hurt to make sure all is good for topless Wrangler weather. A couple of tips to get your soft top ready for the Jeep hair don't care weather. First, I suggest a good cleaning, especially if you live in the salt belt area and you want to try to stay away from those commercial soaps. They have chemicals in them that over time will eat away at your soft top fabric. I like using the best stop cleaning products made just for the soft top. And you also are going to want to lubricate your zippers, clean them and lubricate them. Mopar and Best Stop both make the zipper cleaner and lubricant. And another fun item to get for your Jeep are those zipper pulls. They come in all sorts of colors. However, I would suggest you stay away from those red ones. Now, if you're <laughs> handy enough, you could even make your own. And not only are these a fun accessory, they're a much needed one as they make zipping your windows on and off so much easier. Now, if you have those Sunrider soft tops that come with the Wranglers, 
there's a certain way you need to fold back that soft top to help keep it lasting longer, and that's called the Jeep W. Now listen up if you don't know what this is, or in case you might be a little rusty on the mechanics of the Jeep W, here is a little refresher course. First, you unlatch your soft top like you normally do, and you fold it back to right above your passenger seats. And when you're folding back your soft top, which can be a one-person job, you need to make sure the fabric of the soft top is pulled away from the bars so the fabric doesn't get pinched in between the bars as it rests atop your Jeep. Now, what you have to do is you have to lift the bars up slightly once you put it back in that first position. And when the bars are up, pull the fabric of the soft top away from the bars towards the back of the Jeep, and you want to pull both levels out. Now, if you get out of your Jeep and look at the soft top from the side of the Jeep, it will make the perfect W in the side position. And I also noticed last fall, um, a fellow Jeeper had his soft top pulled all the way back to the tailgate. This way, he had his soft top rested on the tailgate a little bit different than I normally do mine. This Jeeper had his soft top folded where the side bars of the soft top were resting parallel to the roll bars that go down at an angle in the back. And so when I saw that, I'm like, oh my God, I thought I was doing it wrong. So of course, I went to the trusty internet to do some um, research and I found out I was right, of course. Um, But is there really a right way or a wrong way? And so I decided to find out to see which way was the right way or wrong way. And the best way to do that is to go to the company who makes the soft tops. And they have an instructional video. And there's a link on my blog post today. And you can check that out at jeepmama.com. It's the best top instructional video. And in this instructional video, having your soft top bars parallel with the angled roll bars is not the manufactured suggested placement. Those bars need to be resting along the body of the Jeep where your side windows are. And there are also pictures of this on my blog post today showing how the placement is made. And I also noticed that some Jeepers have bungee corded their soft tops as well. And I never thought of that. And it looks like maybe a good idea. And did you know they also make soft top storage bags that you just put the bag right there at the um, end of the tailgate and it keeps it all nice and clean, I guess. I guess it would be good for when you're out mudding. Anyway, I guess that's one of the reasons why we love our Jeep Wranglers so much because all of those fun aftermarket parts and accessories we can buy for them. And folks, I just want to let you know next week I'm going to share my topless do's and don'ts. So if you have any soft top or topless tips you want to share, I'd love to hear from you. Nikki G, especially you. I know you have some great topless tips. <laughs> anyway, there are tons of ways you can do that. You can email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com and use the subject line Wrangler Talk. You can um, leave me a voicemail on our Jeep Talk Show website. Just go over to jeeptalkshow.com and click on the little leave voicemail button on the right-hand side of the screen. Or you can go over to our friendly mobile jeeptalkform.com. 
It's our new form we created just for you. It isn't your typical form. There's no flaming or telling you to go do your search at Google. There are no dumb questions. And you can also find out more about all the stories and information we share with you here on the Jeep Talk Show. That's jeeptalkform.com. Hope to see you there. And uh, join now while it's free. No, I'm just kidding. It's always free. <laughs> well, that's great, Tammy. You know, uh, you mentioned the uh, the top being uh, angled back, and it's supposed to be straight up and down. I guess that's because it's a factory uh, factory top, and it has the uh, metal supports uh, in yes. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, when we got the TJ, it came with a hard top. So I was happy, uh, that my wife wanted a soft top. Uh, and whenever I got a soft top, it, it wasn't a factory. It was a best top. And I think it was a Trek top NX. And the one thing I really liked about it is it doesn't use any kind of frame. It only uses the roll bar. Uh, and, uh, I guess there's some sort of little thing that goes around the door the front door that it attaches to. Uh, but I think that might be a standard thing that all the soft tops use. But anyway, the, the really cool thing is, is it has this kind of a fast back look to it. It's not square in the back. So, uh, I like I th- that look myself. Yeah. I think it really looks really cool. And, uh, I don't know how much the Jeep factory tops cost, but I, I ran across the, uh, the email that I had received after ordering it online. And I think I paid $541 for that best top. And, oh, my uh, soft top came free with my Rubicon. Oh, yeah, it, it came free like those uh, axles <laughs> did, Tammy. <laughs> so did so did my Dana Forty Fours. Right. And my, yep. Yeah, it's all relative. You, uh-huh. Actually, that, yeah, I'm I've paid for that top. You're paying for that top that you have. Right. But uh, it's so funny now. Uh, the the hard top hasn't been on the TJ in a couple of years. Uh, I actually need to move that thing to the backyard, put a chain around it or something. Turn it upside down and make a sandbox. Oh, no, I don't want to tear it up. Those things are expensive. But, uh, yeah, it's been uh, taking up space in the in the garage for some time now. But, uh, yeah, good information. I do need to still – I still need to get that best top cleaner, though, that one of you guys talked about. I think it was you, Tammy. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was Tammy, yeah. Yep. She uh, turned yep. us on to, to several cleaners that are uh, – and several products, actually, uh, to help with the soft top maintenance. Yeah, we've had that thing on there a number of years and, and haven't cleaned it. Uh, since it's been on there, but very oh, nice boy. top. Haven't had any problems with it whatsoever. So, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo! Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. We need a new one of those, Josh. That is so fun. I know. I got I got some audio I need to go through. <laughs> so much fun to listen to that. So where do you guys listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Just give us a call, 530-675-4102, and let us know. And, uh, you know, you might hear your voice used on the next where you listen to the jeep shock show promo all right here's the fun part guys where we hear from you we love hearing from you guys with your voicemails your emails and especially your reviews but mainly because it's that time on the show for reviews so uh (laughs) i you know we have no favorites we love you all equally but i gotta tell you i love this itunes review yeah this is a five star review from creepy days 56 (laughs) and 
He has titled it, Shut Up and Listen, It's Time for Jeep Mama. Tony, your jokes are terrible. Josh is a (laughs) know-it-all. Thank God for Tammy and her Wrangler talk that holds this whole show together. Just kidding. The show is awesome, and I listen all the time. Keep up the great work. I wasn't kidding about Tammy, though. (laughs) Hashtag need more Jeep Mama, need more Wrangler talk. (laughs) I love that hashtag. Oh, that's pretty good. It was so funny. That that was not me posting that, by the way. So if if you don't know, terrible jokes is what I'm shooting for. If you you moan, groan, and roll your eyes, I have done what I have intended to do. Well, we got another one here uh, uh, given to us on March 2nd by Rich Boberg. He says, love Jeeps. And he even puts the little, you know, text uh, Jeep grill symbol there. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives a five-star rating. He says, great podcast. I'm another one who got my first Jeep a year and a half ago, a 2012 Wrangler JKU. After 30 years of pining for one, I appreciate your efforts in doing this podcast as I know what it takes to do one. I do one myself on an entirely different topic. I know it's a labor of love. And to answer the question, there is only one appropriate color for a Jeep, and mine is black keep up the great work guys love your show <laughs> now <Tim>. oh so <laughs> unfair <laughs> so so unfair get your own show tammy <laughs> yeah and of course if I'm you guys want to leave us a review on facebook you guys can do that as well just head over to facebook.com slash jeep talk show and uh there's the means there of leaving us a review danny cross left us a five-star review last week no comment though but that's okay Thanks, Danny. Appreciate the review. No, it, it looks great for those folks that are, uh, you know, checking out the show and they don't know if they should waste their time downloading, setting that up on their, their podcast app or, right. or any of that stuff. So uh, all those reviews help, comments or not. Uh, we do love the comments, though. We love hearing what you guys have to say. Oh, and uh, speaking of which, uh, been uh, doing a little update to uh, the JeepTalkShow.com website. And uh, if you... Yeah, you have. Yeah, if you yeah do, it looks good. If you do, well, chat doesn't work anymore. Uh, if you uh, do a, f- a Facebook review, you can now read those reviews straight from the website. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com, scroll down, look there on the left-hand side, and you will see all the uh, Facebook reviews. Now, it will take, I think, 30 minutes uh, to a, a, a couple hours, I forget, uh, to show up. But certainly, if you check it the next day, you'll see your review prominently displayed on the jeeptalkshow.com website. You got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. because I, I, It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Well, how about some Fender Talk? Daniel Massey wrote in. Massey. Macy. That's Massey. Whatever. Good wrote into the show asking about a specific kind of clearance on the trail. And hey, if you'd like to do the same sort of thing and have a question you would like answered here on the show, well, just send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Okay. Dan writes in. Can you do a favor? Can you do a Fender show? I'm on the East Coast, and we have some tight trails, and fenders are an issue. Steel rusts over time if not maintained. Plastic doesn't look correct, but can flex or tear off to save body damage. Aluminum is expensive, so what's your choice of fender and why? Thank you very much, Danny. Well, Danny, first I'd like to say thank to you. Thanks to you for taking the time to write in. Really appreciate our listener involvement. Danny, you left me hanging, bud. You didn't let me know what kind of Jeep you're running. (laughs) So I guess I'm just going to have to cover them all. Danny's right, though. On all counts, in fact. No matter what Jeep you have, eventually, if you get into some serious trail riding, you're going to find some tight spots eventually. And this is why we armor our Jeeps to begin with. But don't think the armor stops at the door sill. No, no, no. In fact, there are several companies that offer quarter panel protection for many models and even more. 
Well, for the XJs, the fender options vary quite a bit. Not as much as the Wranglers, but we'll get there. Now, Danny mentioned the main issue with plastic fender flares, one of the most common options of the unibody Jeeps, and the big player here? Well, Bushwhacker, of course. Everybody's seen the pocket-style flares that have been around since forever, and they have a reputation as well. That's why me, you may hear some guys refer to them as Bushcracker, because they are prone to cracking when rubbed up against a tree, rock, or hillside. And not to mention, well, ripping one of those off, you likely might be ripping off some fender as well. Now, they did step up their game a few years back with the advent of their flat fender option, more flexible, less prone to cracking, but just doesn't quite look right on some Jeeps. Rusty's had a plastic flat fare option for a little while, but it was pure garbage. They've gotten rid of that, I think, think since. They, too, have stepped up their game with some great-looking steel fender flares, which bolt into the unibody in places, giving them some great strength and support. The rears have built-in quarter panel guard, too, a nice little rub rail there. Dirtbound off Off-Road has a similar option, and they've been doing it a lot longer as well. Uh, pretty much the same sort of thing. You get a uh, rub rail on the back and some great uh, fenders up front and in the rear. Hooligan Off-Road has some great heavy-duty tube fender options for the XJ as well. And I've seen these things in action. Pure beef. Blue Torch Fabworks has a great DIY option for those who are a little more fab savvy. There used to be a company around who I have vetted myself, and they even used to be an advertiser here on the show in our early days. But unfortunately, Jeep Tubes is no longer in business. Another option for the do-it-yourselfer is TrailTubes.com, which is pretty close to what Jeep Tubes used to be, but just not quite the selection. They do offer pre-bent fab kits for everything from tube fenders to full roll cages, though. Now, if you are dead set on the pocket flare-style look and don't want to get into welding or tube bending, well, then there really is only one option, and that's Napier Precision Products V2 Fender Flares. They've got a great video on their website showing just how durable these things are. Check them out at NapierPrecisionProducts.com. And yes, they even have a version for those who have cut and folded the rear quarter panel. Now, as for our CJ, YJ, and TJ owners out there, well, there was only two names I would turn to for fender flares or corner protection of my Wrangler tub, and that's either Genrite or Metal Cloak. Plain and simply, the two biggest and best in the market. Just about every stock class Jeep running uh, events like King of the Hammers is running Genrite armor. Metal Cloak is blowing up the scene lately with never-before-seen designs that provide unparalleled clearance for additional articulation, and their strength, well, it's about as strong as you can get. Plus, as with their whole line of products, their fenders are completely modular, so if you wanted to take them off completely before hitting the trails, well, it's super easy. But don't think ease of removal is sacrificing strength in any way. These are aluminum, giving you great strength, but without the bulk and weight. Yes, they are a little more pricey than a lot of the stuff out there, but they are very well engineered. Think about the fact that you're likely never going to have to replace it. One, just one and done, basically, is all it takes. Sometimes you definitely get what you pay for. Now, I have personally vetted a lot of the Metal Cloak gear, and I have personally jumped up and down all 6 foot 3 inches and 220 pounds of my beefy ass, jumping up and down on a Jeep Metal Cloak fender. Now, as for the JKs, well, you guys get the same answer. Metal Cloak or Genrite, pretty much the only two players that I would be bolting onto my Jeep. Now, some of you may be yelling at me right now about companies like AEV, who do make some great armor, but they don't offer fenders. Poison Spider has a great selection, and they've been doing st this kind of stuff for quite a while. But, you know, this, the Poison Spider, just, I don't know, it's something about them. To be honest, their fenders just don't seem that strong to me. And from what I've seen on the, of the rock sliders, well, I have not been impressed. I've seen the side of Wranglers caved in with a rock slider that was supposed to be protecting the entire side of the Jeep. Not so much. Yes, their stuff does have stuff that looks cool. They have a lot of products that look cool out there. But when you're out on the trail, looks aren't going to get you through it or get you back home. So when it comes to fender selection or any armor for your Jeep for that matter, you'll want to do some, some research. Do what Danny did. Reach out to those who can provide you with a little more information than you had before. And get you pointed in the right direction at least. 
Get out to the stores and check out what they have to offer in person. Get a feel for how the stuff is made. Go to the show and shines, trail runs, club meets, or other off-road events in your area to see what other people are running. Talk to them. Talk to the guys that are actually on the trail running this stuff and get their opinions. In the end, you're left with a decision. Do I buy for budget? Do I buy for looks? Or do I buy for strength? It's a hard decision to make, especially when new fenders can be so sexy and completely transform the look of your rig. So if you're at all like me, you'll be fighting that desire for instant gratification the whole way. Well, here's the important part. Steel rusts, but it is the strongest. So you'll have more cosmetic maintenance than really anything. And well, with a Sharpie or a little bit of rattle can action, it's really not that big of a deal now, is it? Aluminum is going to be way more expensive, but if engineered right, can provide a ton of strength and last a lifetime. Not to mention, looks cool and saves you some weight. But aluminum is a softer metal than steel, so it's not quite as strong, especially against things like gouges and scratches. So again, cosmetic issues. Now, plastic is very flexible, relatively cheap, but doesn't have the strength or longevity like the metals do. And lastly, if you can find it, well, there's fiberglass, but let's just throw it out there. You're not going to want to hit any trails harder than the one to the mall with anything <laughs> like that. Okay, and one last piece of advice here, guys. For those who need fenders, like in order to get out of a ticket type of need and you're on a shoestring budget, well, there is an aftermarket solution for you. It's not pretty. It's definitely not strong, but it serves the purpose of functionality and, frankly, nothing more. Good enough to get you out of a ticket, at least. So, what am I talking about? Landscaping trim. Yep, that big old roll of plastic lawn and flower bed border trim stuff that you find at Home Depot, Lowe's, or your local nursery. It's about four to six inches wide. It's black. It's made out of ABS plastic. It has one straight edge and one edge rolled in on itself. These can easily be cut to length and installed with small self-tapping screws, rivets, or even zip ties to the inside of your fender well. Yes, it's definitely redneck engineering here, people, but hey, what good would it be if I didn't at least try to cover all the bases for you guys? Well, Danny, I hope this helps you out with whatever Jeep you are driving, and for the rest of you guys, I hope this will come in handy for you well, down the road if you ever decide to start looking for fender upgrades for your own Jeep. And hey, Jeepers, let me know if you guys have a tech question you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Go to jeeptalkforum.com, even on your smartphone, or shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk. Now, J Josh, I know you're new to the whole social media Facebook thing, so you probably have not seen this alternative to fender flares for off-road vehicles. Is it called duct tape, Tony? Uh, it, you could use <laughs> duct tape. Uh, the direction they, I thought you were going. <laughs> they do have duct tape in red, so I would highly recommend that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <sighs> wait, wait. Just wait. <laughs> oh, I can fight back. Yeah. Ooh, I, red jeeps are sexy. <laughs> I was, I was so holding what, what up is my this miracle boo. Product? This is all I can do is my boo <laughs> sign. It's a. Uh, are you familiar with the kiddie pools? I'm gonna get a, one of those big horns. A kiddie pool. A kiddie pool. Yeah, you have to look for this on Facebook if you haven't seen I, it, Josh. Somebody cut up a kiddie pool. You know the blue, the standard blue kiddie okay. pool. Oh, the yeah. side of it. <laughs> and they cut off the sides, and you know, and the you don't have the bottom of the kiddie pool. At least not much of it. So he actually, the guy actually cut the kiddie pool off and attached it to the side of the jeep. I mean, it does the the kiddie pool does need to be painted, but it certainly. Oh dear God, <laughs> that looks hideous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'll give him an A for creativity. And <laughs> good Lord, it's not a Jeep. It's a little Bronco, too, that somebody did that, too. It yeah. looks like oh, uh, by the looks of it. But oh, my goodness. That is that is pretty bad. I'm that glad, is pretty bad. I'm glad you found that. If you guys haven't seen it yet, you need to, you need to go find it. It's it's a good stuff. Just just Google image search 
kitty pool fender flares. And the first three images you're going to see are, are what Tony's talking about. <laughs> it's it's a little like, you know, rusty red uh, Bronco 2 that's got these bright neon blue fender flares yep. that are just as Tony said. Imagine cutting the bottom out of a very small kitty pool, cutting it in half then and taking those two halves of a donut and just stapling them in the side of your Bronco. It's there no, you go. It's nothing that uh, a, a screaming kid because you're cutting up their kitty pool and a, a case of beers can't uh, can't help you do on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. So uh, oh, I did want to mention that the, is rough. Uh, <laughs> I did want to mention the JCR off road fender flares. Uh, there's a lot of manufacturers out there, Josh, uh, and I'm sure you can't mention them all, but uh, I've been really impressed with uh, the JCR uh, fender flares, and I don't know how tough they are, but traditionally uh from the the stuff that i actually bought from them really well made very nice stuff i urge you guys to to have a look at uh, jcr off-road and their uh fender flare uh, collection but make sure that you have your aunt's or your grandma's checkbook ready because they're expensive yeah. aunt, those aunt. those are gonna be spendy and I, the thing i with with the I, look i like jcr stuff they yeah. they do make some some great stuff um, I haven't vetted a lot of their stuff and they seem to change their design about every two or three years. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard for me to stand behind a product that is constantly changing its design. Now, look, I, I understand that there's always room for improvement and stuff. And JCR is making some great stuff. Um, a lot of their other stuff for the for just about every other Jeep platform is, I mean, seems to have a great reputation, at least from what I've read online. Um, their fender flares, however, haven't been around all that long no. and I haven't vetted them myself personally. I haven't seen them on the trail personally. So it's just one of those things to where if I don't know anything about it, I'm really not going to talk about it or promote it, especially mm-hmm. here on the show. So all the other products that I have mentioned are stuff that I have either seen installed or used myself. Right. Oh, and, uh, a spider bit you as a child, didn't it? Uh, well, it's, it's, you know, that's why I can climb walls now, but Didn't, we'll leave that for another show. Not happy with poison spider at all. Are you <laughs> it, look, I just, it, like I said, I've seen their stuff in action and it yeah. doesn't hold up like the other that's stuff there. There are, I'm sure there are people out there that are going to swear by it. I'm sure there are people out there that have had great experiences with it. I'm just telling you about what my experiences and what I have yeah. seen personally. It's, and I'm just telling you, there's a lot of stuff out there that is much stronger than what I have seen. So yeah, it's it's all just our opinions, folks, and our our best guess at things, and that's all we can do. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. You know, you can use them with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a tank of big old tires and a lighter. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are getting to give me a beer. Ah, uh, here we get to get some more feedback from you folks and or comments or suggestions or, or whatever. And, you know, I mentioned earlier about Nate making corrections to his axle segment. Well, <laughs> we're going to start our voicemails uh, with that uh, tonight. Hey, folks, we love hearing from all of you. So be sure and call our voicemail line at 530-675-4102 or jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message and you can just click on that leave voicemail button. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so after the beep, leave your message. 
Hey guys, it's Nate. Uh, I just wanted to call in. Uh, there was some questions about the 8.8. I thought I'd cover them quick in just a voicemail instead of recording a whole other segment. Uh, first of all, Tammy was curious about the naming. Uh, the 8.8 isn't just some random number. It's actually the measurement of, I believe, the diameter of the ring gear in the 8.8. Uh, I believe things like the Ford 9, for example, was a 9-inch ring gear. So 8.8 is an 8.8-inch ring gear. So that answers that. Uh, the other question was how the heck such a beefy axle ended up in the back of such a small SUV. So the Ford Explorer, from what I was reading, had a tow rating of up to like 6,500 pounds. So I'm guessing that the reason they put such a beefy axle in the rear was to, was to support that tow rating. Of course, that was dependent on how it was optioned and whatnot, but I'm pretty sure they weren't changing rear axles just because of the, you know, what packages you got. So that's why that was in there. All right, uh, I think that covers everything, um, and the name is YJ Nate. There's no square pants. There's no, like, square this or square that or whatever. It's just YJ Nate. Thanks. Bye. YJ Yellow Nate? I don't no. know. No, I don't think so, Tony. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> All right, we have a uh, another call uh, from uh, Zach out of Santa Barbara. Hey, guys. Zach from Santa Barbara again. I just got done listening to episode 270. Um, I just wanted to touch on the Nate's section, the axle stuff on the 8.8. Um, one of the downfalls of that axle is that it is a C-quip axle. Um, so that's one con that it has compared to the Dana 44, which is not a C-quip axle. Um, so if you break that C-quip, axle's just going to walk itself right on out of there. Um, they do sell kits. I think Yukon sells a kit and Superior Superior Axle sells a uh, C-Clip Eliminator kit, but they're pretty pricey, around $600 um, just to get rid of that. So um, yeah, that's something to keep in mind if you're debating whether to go between the Dana 44 and 8.8. I know a lot of people, that's a big choice they try to make. Um, but yeah, just wanted to chime in on that. Keep it up. Thanks guys. Bye. Yeah, that's pretty pricey. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a little bit over the top. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a C-Clip and Eliminator kit for an 8.8 on Summit Racing for under a hundred dollars. Oh, so, that's good. So yeah, there are some out there that are in excess of two or $300. Um, but from what I'm seeing, the prices are on average between, let's say, $79 and 150 So I'm there you curious. go. I'm curious. I'm going to have to look at that and see how they eliminate that C-clip. I'm uh, somewhat familiar with the C-clip on the uh, Chrysler 8.25, and I would assume it's it's similar on the uh, the Ford 8.8, but uh, I'd like to know how they eliminate that. I wish somebody would come out with a C-clip eliminator for the Chrysler 8.25. Mm, yeah. Maybe maybe they have. Uh, you guys let me know if there is one. I'd, I'd be interested in knowing. Uh, even if it's $600, I'm not going to buy it, but I'd still be interested in knowing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'd like for you guys to take a moment and go over there and uh, go over there. Go, I'll tell you where. Uh, go over and take our survey at uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. Remember, have your uh, mom's maiden name, your PIN number, any credit cards that you don't mind sharing available for the survey. No, it's just going to ask for you know, some basic information, age, uh, your income, uh, nothing, uh, I don't think it asks for anything, uh, that would identify you, but your email address. And frankly, I'm not sure why they even use the email address. 
we just get to see the stats of uh, who's uh, who's listening to the show, and it's great for any uh, anybody that might be interested in advertising on the show. We can supply that information to them when they need it. So let's take a moment, jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. I mean, it's maybe two minutes to, to fill that out, if that. All right, so uh, let me ask you something, and I'll ask you guys. This is a confusing thing to me. Uh, and from from some of the other podcasts I've listened to, it's, it seems confusing to them as well. What is overlanding? It's the opposite of underwatering. <laughs> Burrowing through the earth. So uh, Wikipedia says, historically overlanding is an Australian term to denote the driving of livestock over very long distances to open new country or to take livestock to market far from grazing grounds. Between 1906 and 1910, Alfred, uh, Alfred Canning opened up the Canning Stock Route. Overland is most uh, in its most modern form uh, with the use of mechanic, mechanicized, is that mechanicized? Mechanicized. Uh, mechanical transport became in the middle of, uh, began in the middle of last century with the advent of convert commercially available four-wheel drive trucks like Mercedes-Benz, uh, G-Class, uh, Unimog. Those Unimogs are really cool. I found out about that from listening to Dan's podcast. Uh, Jeeps and Land Rovers. Nonetheless, there were a few early pioneers traveling in remarkably unsophisticated vehicles. Well, they still do it in Land Rovers, so I, I think it's still going oh, on. Oh, Tony. <laughs> That's for John. <laughs> okay, fine. But what is overlanding? Uh, I mean, to me, it's taking a trip in your trusty steed. I'm uh, Sorry, I meant Jeep. Somewhere in the world, which includes a city, a town, or country that you live in being self-sufficient and making your own way over paved and unpaved surfaces. It can be a trip of 40,000 miles throughout the continent of Africa or a day trip with a family. Stay tuned to the Jeep Talk Show while we are trying to bring you information about overlanding and how you can do it in your own Jeep. Well, guys, what do you think? What's overlanding to you? I mean, if you've even thought about it. So I, overlanding has always been to me the same as expedition uh, overlanding and expedition uh, wheeling is is to me the same thing always has meant the same thing and it and when i picture it it's it's never going through the you know the jungle and 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 it's always been like high plains and and open desert yeah, and deserts. and that sort of stuff that's the kind of mental image when i hear the word overlanding you know that's the kind of that's the kind of mental image that I picture. Mm-hmm. You know I don't I don't I don't picture you know being in a dense jungle that you can barely see the sky through and going through you know a, a trail no wider than your shoulders. Um, you know it's just that that's to me that's not overlanding. It's not expedition wheeling. It's that's not the same thing. It's it's a different class of, of wheeling altogether. And I you know definitely whatever flavor. Well, su- what would you call that? You, but, what would you call that? You know, struggling through the Amazon in your uh, in your Jeep or, or, or uh, Range Rover or whatever. Yeah, there's um, that that is that is a whole other level of of wheeling right there. I think Land Rover actually did a competition with that. Um, oh, really? Back in the '80s, yeah, um, where it was like you know through the Amazon or something, and and it was you know like a two week journey, and and it was just like people were falling off left and right. Oh, I bet. A lot of yeah, hacking it, with Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know that—that's where you, if you ever see like a like a big expedition vehicle that has like cables running from the the front bumper up to the roof rack, um, th- that's for you know branch clearance and, mm-hmm. and vines and stuff like that to keep all that stuff off of the fenders and off of the windshield and and, and all that sort of stuff. But you're not going to find that as much in the guys who are hitting the high plains and the deserts and 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 that sort of stuff doing that kind of expedition crawling. And and look, I'm talking about. You are a day's drive away from civilization. 
You know, there's no cell phone service. You're you're nowhere near a highway or a freeway or any sort of pavement whatsoever. That that's what I'm thinking of overlanding an expedition crawling. So, Tammy, now, Tammy what do you, what do you yeah, think? What, you what kind of mental image are does do you conjure up when you hear overlanding? Um, I think of safari type. You know, you're out there in the middle of Africa and you're in your vehicle with everything that you need and you're spending days upon days just driving yeah. across, you know, the plains, the, like you said, the deserts. Um, and I know we talked about, um, I think it was last week, um, you know, it could be any, some people say it's just like packing up your Jeep with all your camping stuff and going from point A to point B mm-hmm. and you camp overnight and and all that. I mean, I guess it's all what each person makes of it in their mind. Right. I like for this me, definition. I imagine Africa and tents and your vehicle and you're out there in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I think we're all pretty close to the same page. I like this definition came from our chat room from fan of the show. Caster Crick says, quote, vehicle based adventure. Sums it up. Nice three round words there. Yeah, I think so. Well, anyway, we're going to bring all kinds of information uh, about overlanding in uh, future episodes and uh, let us know what you think your definition is. That would uh, help us bring the kind of information you're looking for. I look at it as just camping uh, and <laughs> it depends on how far you go and how long you do it. So uh, it can be uh, uh, overlanding light or it can be overlanding heavy. So <laughs> we'll see. All right, well, let's get over to our Nikki G. Hey, and um, he's listening right now. Um, <gasps> Nikki, I know. We've been chatting away in the other chat room. Hey, something we, le- we look forward to each and every week, and that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, Safari has done it to me again. And there was no radio button to press for a speak pipe. I don't know what happens, but sometimes my iPhone likes to play games with me. So I'm sure this will be the, the quality of phone call that you've come to expect from Nikki G. But anyhow, uh, last week I left down a cliffhanger of who ate most wings, me or Josh. <laughs> and the answer is Josh. It's always Josh. And, uh, my, Name donate contest entry. I thought about it for a long time, and uh, I'm going to settle on uh, the Nadinator. Uh, Sir Craps a lot wanted to suggest we called it and uh, say it's Sir Nate. Oh man, did I mess that up? Okay, <laughs> it's Sir Nate of Jeeptonia. I think I got it right. Let me ask him. Is that good, buddy? <laughs> He's licking his butt, so I guess that's okay. Uh-huh. And uh, so the reason why I was going to call in is because I'm going to mention about the color wars again. Uh, I own a red Jeep and a black Jeep, so I don't belong to any group now. I'm starting my own color category. I'm going to call it Rackle. So uh, once again, Nikki G, G is in his own category. 
<laughs> and I apologize for the quality of this call because I know it's going to be crap with my iPhone. But, uh, you know, that's bad. life as yeah. we know it. All right, boys and girls, you guys have a good one, and goodbye. Quality was fine. And, Nikki G, if we give you a hard time about the quality of your call, it really is just giving you a hard time. We always appreciate you calling in. So, do you think Rackle is a form of red, black, and purple? It could be that, or it could be a uh, uh, a inconvenient fold in the aluminum foil on uh, Nikki G's hat. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, he's got a red and a black Jeep, but you know he you know he has a favorite of the two. He just doesn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. So there's a favorite between those two, and I, I'll just mention that the red one is the one he's had the longest. No, oh, yeah, and I know it's the red one. He's All just right. being nice. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's learned his lesson. He didn't want to have the wrath of Jeep Mama coming down. Yeah, there. I know. It's not so much you. It's all those uh, the minions that you have that uh, have uh, been stalking him and uh, threatening him with uh, yeah. uh, problems. So, uh, Tammy, you've got a, uh, a product review that I think uh, actually somebody suggested to you on uh, Twitter. Yeah, actually, I'm my product review is my Ram Mounts Suction Cup Mount. Um, and I love my new camera mount. So during my Wrangler Talk segment on episode 269 of the Jeep Talk Show podcast, which you can go over and download after this show, um, I shared my system for recording my Jeep trail rides. Um, I like using my old-fashioned Sony Handycam right here. Um, and the suction cup mount that I used is wasn't too sturdy. It's mounted on a weighted base and it just sits on my dash and it's here's the weighted base and here's the suction cup mount anyway well just having that sit on your dash it's not too safe when you're wheeling your jeep up and down those steep hills or over rocky paths they um it has fallen off several times so a fellow podcaster heard my segment and responded on twitter with a suggestion and he actually left a video and it's over on youtube right now and I decided to check out the mounts that Dan Cole from the 4x4 podcast suggested. He shared with me a video clip. And after I saw that video clip, I headed right over to the Ram Mount website. And I bought myself a Ram Mount suction cup with the twist lock base. And it's right here. And this twist lock is so super easy to secure to the windshield um, and the suction cup is phenomenal this mount is designed to have a strong hold on the glass and non-porous surfaces and oh my god it is so secure it's extremely secure and this mount is so versatile it has adjustment points at both ends of the double socket arm these two ends right here and it allows for an infinite adjustment and perfect viewing angles. Um, and you just unscrew this and it's attached to these little balls and you can move it, you know, any way you want. And this way too. I don't know if you guys can see that. The listeners um, can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're just going to have to go watch. That's right. Um, so anyway, I can move my camera with ease to change the angle to any angle. And the socket arm is compatible with all one-inch ball bases and adapters, which I bought the base 
for my camera. I just um, unscrewed it here. That it fits onto um, my camera. And actually, the post still stuck in there here. So anyway, it hooks on to, it's a universal attachment for all cameras, camcorders, you know, if you're um, into the old-fashioned type of recording. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I can't wait to test this out of my trails. It's the perfect solution for me. And right now I give it a two thumbs up, 10 out of 10 stars. And I just want to thank Dan so much for this great tip. This is, it's been a struggle to find the right solution for me. And I think this is going to work. And Dan also mentioned in his video that this is, these are the mounts that the folks in the military use. So you know it's good quality stuff. Yeah, actually it is. I've, I've got personal experience with RAM mount. I've actually used them in my work before for uh, projects and stuff. And I mean, they've got RAM mounts that could support a kiddie pool full of cinder blocks. So their stuff is really made super stout, guys. Nothing like any mounting system you've ever seen at like Best Buy or Target, you know, any of the any of the you know department stores, whatever. Ram mount is industrial. It is it is tactical. It is strong, and trust me, you'll get what you pay for. Yeah, and that's the other thing is expensive. The uh, the price is tactical and strong and everything else. But like Josh I, says, it, you you get a good quality product. I probably paid thirty bucks for mine. Yeah, I mean it's you know twice what you pay for you know um uh, you know something at like Walmart, but trust me, you're right. gonna, you're not going to ever have to buy it again. You know somebody out there is going to make a, a decent mount out of a kiddie pool, and we'll see that on oh, Facebook. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, know what? Here I got your mount right here. <laughs> uh, so I was a little surprised when I uh, you know Dan made that comment about uh, this uh, the ram mount for to go into your windshield. And knowing how big that camera is, I really didn't think you were going to be able to have anything that was going to be able to stick to the windshield. I thought you were going to have to have it stuck to like the dash, which wasn't going to be very good. And uh, you provided a, an image on Facebook. It's probably on your blog as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, uh, uh, the uh, I was real surprised. You had plenty of room the way the way that thing was set up. So even with that camera, oh yeah, and you can move it around. Yeah. All right, so uh, great information, and you guys check out all the RAM mounts. There's all kinds of RAM mounts uh, and, and all kinds of uh, brackets. I mean, I mean, uh, they don't they have more than just the suction cups, don't they, Tammy? Oh yeah, there's so many possibilities. Yeah, and so you can use them for uh, uh, use it for the GoPros. The GoPros, right? That's yeah. what I was trying to Laptop, a tablet. I mean, they've got they've got something oh, yeah. for everything. Yeah. Uh, they probably even have some Dana 60 mounting uh, RAM mounts that you can use. <laughs> you All never right. know. Well, let's get over to Wheeling Wear. Yeah, this is where we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. We've got the Arizona Off-Road Expo coming up, well, March 18th and 19th, just around the corner, happening at the West World Scottsdale in Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, head over to offroadexpo.com. We also have the Monster Jam World Finals. That's World Finals. I, there's some Roman numerals <laughs> after that, and I was told there'd be no math. Uh, it's happening March 23rd to 25th in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information, head over to MonsterJam.com. You know, we had an interview with a female monster truck driver at one point in time, didn't we, Tony? Yes. And yeah, we'll uh, this she's actually was on uh, recently on the Trail Chasers podcast, and she is no longer with the Monster Jam, according to uh, that interview. 
I'll be darn. I was, I was just going to ask. I wonder if she's still uh, she's still racing. But this is uh, we the also have first year that she's not. I'll be darn. Well, we also have the infamous Easter Jeep Safari coming up in April, April eighth through the fifteenth in Moab, Utah. For more information, we'll just head over to the Red Rock Four Wheelers webpage over at rr4w.com for all the information you need. All right, if you're watching us on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is available in audio-only format, great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, tuned in, Google Play, or iHeartRadio and never miss an episode. Hey, you can contribute financially directly to the show. You can do so by going over to jeeptalkshow.com website and clicking on the PayPal button uh, to subscribe annually starting at $12.00. Or select another button for a one-time donation, donation or Dalmatian. We, we'll take Dalmatians as well. Uh, we do the show because we enjoy it, and it's free. No financial financial support is ever necessary. Hey, and did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? It's true. iTunes is a great free service, and we appreciate Apple for all their hard work. But we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we recommend all of you iTunes users subscribe to our podcast. No multi-day delay. You'll get the newest episode much quicker. Open up iTunes, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit that subscribe button. And never miss a great, funny, informative podcast again. You guys might have heard Tony talking in our pre-show about an oatmeal cookie that he just ate. Mm. Well, if we get a 100 subscribers to our YouTube channel, well, for every 100 subscribers, he gets another cookie. Let's go ahead and get Tony nice and diabetic, shall we? I was waiting for it at the end. I was waiting for it at the end, Josh. I heard, I heard Cookie Monster and I just I, I lost it. <laughs> so you can join the Jeep Talk Show team. We're looking for volunteers to manage our vast social media empire. I want to say empire. It says presence. I want to say empire. Uh, you can join the Jeep Talk Show social media voice. You can be the Jeep Talk Show social media voice. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. And hey, if you'd like to have your Jeep Club get a nice little shout out here on the show and to have people directed to the Facebook page or website, well, just let us know. Drop us a line to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Give us all the pertinent information and we'll be sure to get it into one of our upcoming shows. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Wherever you are wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles now, you can keep, keep our trails and public lands open for offer. Use www.treadlightly.org. Yeah, see, I tried to ramp it up there at the end. <laughs> yeah. Hey, folks, don't forget to check out... Don't forget to check out my uh, blog at jeepmama.com. It has links for the ram mounts and pictures... And that's it. <laughs> and if you need a voice for your product or business, well, head over to thevoiceofjosh.com and, well, let's start a discussion. You know, and speaking of uh, uh, Jeep clubs, we're actually going to be interviewing a Jeep club uh, next week, I believe, Tammy, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, on the Jeep Talk call-in show, which is uh, 8 p.m. Tuesday. Uh, it's much earlier because uh, we don't wait for Josh to get home. That's why uh, Josh is not on the show there with us. We we love having him there, but... Uh, we wanted to do it a little early, so earlier so that uh, folks uh, on the East Coast through uh, Central and maybe even the West Coast could call in. So uh, join us uh, every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. for the Jeep Talk call-in show. You guys have a great night. We'll see you next Thursday and uh, or uh, next Tuesday if you're joining us on the Jeep Talk call-in show. Also a live event. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next time. See you later. 